Hey weirdos, I'm Hannah Sainty and welcome to the Your Weird Podcast, the place that talks to creatives, artists and people living their best lives about how they do what they do, why they do what they do and how being a bit weird is a superpower. If robots are taking all our jobs, we better figure out how to harness the one thing they can't do, be creative. Enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of the All Weird Podcast. I am your host, Hannah Sainty. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, today, I am going to focus on a topic which I know hits a lot of people in general, but creatives in particular, and I think we really need to address it. I want to talk about burnout. Good old-fashioned burn the candle at both ends and in the middle to you are just a complete nub and then a piece of ash. Just old Burnout. I'm actually uh, friends with my burnout. I mean, I'm we're more like frenemies. I, I've hit burnout quite a few times in my life. The people who know me really well know that I hit burnout and have hit burnout quite often. I've always hit burnout because I seem to work harder and not smarter, or I used to always do that in the past, always, you know, having three jobs on the go and a couple of projects. Even moving to London, I hit burnout, working seven days a week and 16-hour days and then trying to do creative projects in the remaining couple of hours that were left in the day. And then even to most recently, the Melbourne International Comedy Festival, moving house, starting a new job, doing another job for a client and going into state to try and continue doing said new job and pursue this crazy old career that I'm trying to do and write my show. So I don't know if you can hear it in my voice. I am a little bit burnt out. I've managed to have a couple of tiny sleep-ins the past few days, just an hour, but I Geez, that hour has helped. And I thought, you know, this is a really perfect time to talk about it because I've actually heard a lot of creatives talking about burnout, especially around like festival seasons, if you are a performer or just trying to make your monetary life work alongside your creative life, if you're trying to make your creative life your monetary life as well. So a little bit about burnout, like the, the, the term burnout was actually coined by a guy in the early 70s. He was an American psychologist named Herbert Freudenberger. Like that name doesn't even sound real. But Herbert Freudenberger, Herbert Freudenberger used this term to describe the physical or mental collapse, which is caused by overworking and stress. So it's no surprise that burnout actually does affect a lot of the creative industries and why wouldn't it like to be in the creative industry whether you are actually doing it professionally or as a hobby and trying to make it a profession it is so incredibly demanding if you're not searching for work trying to get that next job in the creative industry you're trying to prove yourself in your work you're trying to build up your portfolio you're trying to learn you're trying to upskill you're trying to expand trying to be present on social media you're trying to be present in your world and then capture that so you can put it onto social media and prove to people that you are still a person and you're really worth working with and when you are on the social media then you're just trying to engage with others in your space and find collaborators and network or people who are just aligned with you and what you're trying to do and what you're trying to become or something that is along the lines of you know in the same atmosphere of what you're trying to create and that's you're doing that in the online life, but then you're starting to do that in your real life as well. And this is before you've even done any work that you are actually really genuinely trying to give to the world. Not only that, once you're actively doing all of that work, everything that happens before that is really intense. You, you know, you're brainstorming, you're researching, you're starting, you're editing, you're restarting, you're having snacks, you're having a panic, panic attack. And then by the time you actually put it out, 
Sometimes all that happens is that a bunch of trolls just jump on your back and start hacking away. Or the only thing that happens is your mum starts to share it with her friends. And then if you are in the actual creative profession and you are lucky enough to be getting paid for your work, sometimes the client just tells you you didn't hit the mark, even though you did exactly what they said. Graphic designers, I hear you. And so to really excel in all of these industries or even to have the desire to be in the creative industry or to even have it as a hobby, it means you know, like, like I know that you do and I know that I do. We have like a really intense attention to detail. You're going to have like a huge amount of focus and a lot of awareness in order to keep bettering yourself and bettering your craft, always trying to get better and always trying to be the best and be right. But the thing is, is that in the creative industries and in all art, it's subjective. It's not maths. It's not like one plus two equals three. It is, I put a dash of paint here and then I put a dash of paint there and this time it feels okay and then next time it doesn't and I mean the first thing to do to battle that kind of burnout is to remember that nothing is right nothing is going to be perfect and there's just different levels of awesome I know that sounds a little bit tacky but like if you think about it it doesn't matter it's like that old saying of like if you try and please everyone you'll end up pleasing no one because you'll just be really boring if you think about it like if you're painting and you, you do an abstract painting it's going to be an incredible piece of work. So if someone has an aversion to the color blue and really hates asymmetrical lines or you have like a fantastic script and you've had it edited, you've had people look at your work and you know, you've know you got a, a number of people behind you in this piece of amazing artwork until you find the production companies are just not really into indie folk horror right now because it's not on trend. Or you have a fantastic song they've created or you record a song that you think is really, really great until you realise that one note in the recording was a little bit flat, but then you kind of like the dissonance, so you want to run with it, but then the audio engineer who's mixing it tells you that it's wrong and you got to come back in and re-record. So then you start to question yourself. Or, like me, you tell a joke about drugs and bikes and one night it goes really, really well and then the next night you tell it to a bunch of boomers and the whole joke just falls flat on its face. What I'm saying is that there is no right, it is all subjective it's all about perspective and variables are going to change the way that your art is interpreted. So firstly, stop trying to be perfect in the artwork and stop trying to make it right because you are going to send yourself insane. Sure, there are some things about your works which are just genuinely going to be a mistake. Like I totally get that. But if you are aware of them and then you're editing them and then you're fixing them, they're not really so much of a mistake, but they're more of just an error, a blip, Maybe you could just call them a work in progress moment. You know what I mean? Like everything is always going to be a work in progress. And half the time, no matter what you make, you, even if you do get to a point where you really love it and you release it to the world, in two years time, you're going to look back on it and be like, what the hell were you thinking? That is terrible. doesn't mean that the work is dead, but you'll probably just reinterpret it because you were growing as a creative yourself. And so your work will grow with you. So firstly, if you're experiencing burnout because you're trying to get it right, my advice is to just stop because it's not going to be right. Just try and keep evolving and do the stuff that brings you joy and do the stuff that makes you or reminds you of why you are actually pursuing this craft anyway. You've got to keep the love, you know what I mean? We can very quickly turn our creative uh, interests into something we're trying to get monetary value from and then it becomes a job as opposed to being you know, something that brings us joy. And then that interaction of that energy of when you're trying to make something, instead of it becoming like an inspiration where you're finding inspiration from the world and your experiences and your interests and your curiosities, 
it's becoming a perspiration where all you're trying to do is you're trying to push out and push out and push out and then the work becomes flatter and flatter and flatter and the more that you try and work at it, you become flatter and flatter and flatter until you end up a burnout, a burnt out mess. So firstly, stop trying to make it perfect. Just make it as wonderful as you can right now and accept that it's probably going to change. There's um, there's this blogger, his name is uh, Seth Godin and I think he's still doing it now but he used to write a blog every single day and he was doing it before blogs were even cool. And I remember reading something of his one time where he actually said that every time that I write something and release it to the world, I am waiting to be proven wrong. I am waiting for someone to show me how I was wrong in my interpretation and in my thinking. And there's another saying, which is today's genius is tomorrow's idiot, which is just, you know, like if you do create something that you think is really amazing and then the next day it's not very good, that is a beautiful moment because today's genius is tomorrow's idiot. And then from that moment, you will keep leapfrogging along and leapfrogging along and keep growing and your work will get better. This is what used to happen with like the masters in their crafts back in the day. Like to be a painter, you used to have to apprentice yourself for 25 years underneath another master painter before you were allowed to really start a painting on your own. And in this world where everything is like so fast paced and we're trying to compete with each other and we're trying to complete and we're trying to compete with AI and we're trying to compete with industry, you can sort of try and, and fast forward your abilities, which is good. It's good to have a bit of a rocket sort of essence up you, but at the end of the day, you really can't force some things because the creative process is a process of dismantling your belief systems, dismantling your ideas of what you can create, expanding, growing, playing, and just trusting. I know, you know, that might sound a little bit uh, cliche to you, but this is the creative process. Like it's not something that can be forced. I feel like this episode, I'm kind of like darting in and out but just trust me I am talking about burnout um I just want to say that if you are working in creative industry right now yourself or you're doing it on the side and doing it part-time and you're finding yourself really burnt out and you're kind of beating yourself up for it please don't because this is one of the industries that is we sometimes have the shortest deadlines like sometimes I might have a client email me I had it happened to me recently I had someone email me at five o'clock in the morning saying I need a press release by 9am today can you get it done and I could have said no but you know when you're trying to build up your career and you're trying to you're trying to build up your portfolio as you're continuing to pursue your crafts you you want to say yes and you want to get it done and I love a challenge so I set myself the challenge but I had to sort of let myself know that this has been a very last minute project that's been given to me and I definitely I'm going to give it my all. But if it ends up falling like, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40% oh, like less than what I would normally be able to do if I had, you know, two days to do it, that's okay. I alerted the client. I said, you know, like this is a really last minute one. I'm going to give it everything that I can. But if there needs to be a final edit, you know, we might need to ex- do an extension of time and you're going to have to fix it yourself. Like, and they were fine with it. And that's okay. But this is what I mean. Like in the creative industries, we do often end up with some of the shortest deadlines. So if this happens to you and then you make work that you don't think is perfect, don't beat yourself up and don't burn yourself out trying to make it perfect. Sometimes you just got to be aware of your circumstances and do the best that you can until you can do better. That's a quote by Maya Angelou. I'm the first person to know what it feels like, you know, 
if, if I haven't been working in the creative industries, like, like I'll push more, I'll be doing my daytime job. And then every single second around that daytime job, I'll be trying to better my writing. I'm trying to better my, my artwork. I'm trying to better my performance skills because I'm just chasing an opportunity. And yes, you do have to chase. This is the world that we're living in, but that can be done really in a way that's like really, really toxic and not sustainable for yourself. And this is where you reach the burnout. I've done it loads of times. Like I would always think that the more I work, the the sooner that I can, you know, get to go overseas, the sooner I can pay to do that course, the sooner I can pay to have that one-on-one session with that director. And sometimes me doing that, like I, I was pushing further than what my body wanted because I was trying to prove it to myself, like, or trying to prove it to some bosses or trying to prove it to a client that I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. And that felt great at the time, but, that, but there also comes a point where you've proved yourself enough and now you really have to genuinely look after yourself. And that's what I noticed uh, a couple of years ago is like I was burning myself out constantly and throwing myself into the ground. And what happens when that happens, like when you're under severe stress all the time, you, you often end up getting like really sick. I don't know, you might get like a migraine, you get a cold or just something that just wipes you out and then you end up not being productive for like multiple days on end. And so then that's when I realised, I was like, okay, well, this is definitely the I'm working harder and not smarter. So I tried to flip that. Now I'm a person that I I always say that I'm trying to do it. Like I'm trying to not do as many things. I'm trying to streamline. I'm just trying to pick one project. And of recent times of the past sort of year and a half or so, I, I've definitely managed to do that. Yay, go me. It's only taken 33 years. But oftentimes I would just end up sort of taking one thing away that I was doing and adding in another. Like I remember like at one point I was, I was, already, I was working three jobs, got rid of one. Two weeks later, I ended up with another third one because I thought it was helping me get towards my ultimate goal. It wasn't. It was just siphoning that energy away from the ultimate goal and putting it into somebody else's project. Do you know what I mean? Like I was you know, working in an art gallery and I thought this is going to really inspire my own creative artwork but instead it just meant that I was working so much to help sell other people's artwork which is fantastic and I love doing it but it just meant that I was spread so incredibly thin that by the time I did have any time to myself to pursue my own artwork I was just burnt out I just didn't have it in me and the other time that these things can happen is when you're and I've definitely uh, done this myself as well which is I will just take on a lot of projects because they're really fun So burnout because you're having fun is also another thing which feels really good at the time, but then it does take you away from your project and it does take you away from the ultimate goal. And like these are distractions. These are burnouts that are causing distractions away from what you're trying to do and they feel good at the time, but that is just a hedonistic way of living. That is like eating a whole tub of ice cream when you could have just had a couple of scoops over a couple of days. And it's fine. We've all done that. We've all had like the full tub of ice cream, which feels amazing at the time. But now you're in an ice cream coma and you can't even stay up to watch the rest of the movie. Does that make sense? So an example of me doing burnout because I was having a good time was exactly when I was in London. Like I, I was I was loving working in immersive theatre every single night with these incredible people who I adored working with in a space that was incredibly inspiring and an amazing feat of creativity that you know I got to work with 1500 members of the public every single night and working with 36 staff directly around me and a whole massive team of people beyond those 36 people it was absolutely amazing and I loved it and then the times that I wasn't there I was working in events still and I love events like I've only just recently sort of started to step away from it but I was doing it because I love it yes it was helpful and I needed the money and you know that's just kind of where my career fell fell into and that was because 
I really loved events. That's how I sort of succeeded in my events careers because I was just really loving it. But when you're tying that into performing as well and it's, it's using that exact same energy because it's still a performative skill to be running events, you're starting to get burnout. And that's what I was doing. Like, I would be working in immersive theatre, I would be working in events and on my days off, which didn't happen very often, I was using every single free minute to like either write or I was at the gym and I was learning ballet or I was like watching something late at night because I needed, I wanted the inspiration, I wanted to get fueled up again for the next day to write something and be inspired by something and sketch something and I absolutely loved it. I was having so much fun but I was getting so tired because I wasn't taking any time to just be and when I say be it doesn't mean you have to go and just like you know have a bubble bath or something like that but it's just you have to just let yourself and your brain just just actually relax a little bit a few years ago when I was working in health I like I love biohacking like I'm really into sort of seeing how I can make my body do better stuff and if I can be stronger if I can be smarter if I can do something like I'm just I'm just into it I'm a big nerd like that and at the time I was really into things that were helping my brain be powered up like I just discovered bulletproof coffee if you haven't had bulletproof coffee go look it up go give it a try it's amazing and I wanted more of that I wanted to have more awareness I wanted to have clearer thinking 100% of the time and I was living with a friend at the time and I said to her I was like oh man I'm finding it so hard to sleep at the minute like I've got just huge influxes of ideas all the time and I'm working on a thousand projects I don't seem to really be getting anything done but I can't sleep I've got a strange amount of energy but it's kind of like a false energy and I don't don't know what's going on and then she saw all of the supplements that I was taking and all of them were brain related and she's like dude you have fired your brain up so much that's why it can't even turn off and it was true like and it's fun it was fun at the time and it was really fun and funny but I did have to sort of look at that and sort of just chill out on it a little bit and allow myself to just be a bit more human I don't need to be superhuman 100% of the time just relax and have some time to chill and that was a similar thing that happened in London I wasn't taking a bunch of supplements but the supplementation was I was doing a bunch of stuff that I absolutely loved and I loved it but my, my body didn't but the funny thing is, is like that's where that the, the lines start to get blurred, right? So your boundaries z- cease to exist and you end up taking on more and more and more because you don't want to miss out on anything, like just a huge case of FOMO or you're afraid of like breaking up potentially fruitful relationships. And then if you actually put yourself first and then decide that you don't want to do it and you're going to take some time for yourself – then you just start to get like anxious and you find like a lot of guilt because like I should be doing this, I could be doing that. What if I hadn't done that? I should have gone out to that event. I should have met that person. I should have been networking. I could have used this time to write that song. I could have gone out and done that gig. And then that's also hard, like if you, especially if you don't have other creative people around you, if you're with, you know, just like your regular friends and family who maybe they work, you know, regular jobs, then they don't really understand what it feels like to be pursuing these crazy careers and these crazy crafts because to them if they're doing something that they don't love their immediate thought is oh are you doing something that you love well that doesn't matter then you're having a good time don't worry about it and like my favorite one which I've had quite a lot is that anyone who's a bit older than you they always just say oh you're young you'll be right I'm like Margaret I am allowed to be tired stress and exhaustion ages you I like I'm 25 right now and you thought I was 35 you know it was awesome a couple of years ago just the antithesis to that story I was saying with my great-grandmother who just had her 100th birthday this year absolute legend I was saying with her 
And at one point I'd gone for a walk, I'd done all this stuff and then I came back and I just was sitting down having a cup of tea with her and she said to me, Hannah, go, you have a nap. I was like, what? And she goes, you're tired. You've done lots of things. Why don't you just go and have a little nap? And I was like, oh, maybe I will. So middle of the, middle of the day, off I went and had a little nap. Jeez, that felt good. But it was so funny. I had to wait for my 100-year-old grandmother to give me permission for me to just go have a nap. It's a little bit different now because obviously I work during the day and I work at night doing comedy. So now I kind of have to try and I don't nap I suck at napping but I have to try and find the time in the afternoon just to rest so I can regather the energy to go and perform and, and give myself to my work again at night but I only really learned that because of my 100 year old grandmother who just saw me for who I am had nothing to do with age she wasn't saying you're young just keep going and burn yourself out intentionally she was just like hey you're tired listen to your body go have a nap I know that might be quite an obvious thing for a few people who are listening. Like I know quite a few people who are really quite good at naps. Like my partner, one for one, he's really awesome at taking naps. But to me, even though I have a European background, I've just never been into it. I always have that guilt coming, like you should be doing this, you could be going and doing that. Now I really have to train myself to actually take time for rest. I mean, if you're not going to have a sleep, if you're into it, you should try and do some meditation. Like if you, if you don't really like just sitting on your butt with your legs crossed and doing meditation like that, you can listen to binaural beats. They're supposed to have the same effect. I used to do that for a little bit, but that's just another way to sort of regenerate your brain. Okay. So all of these are tools that I will go back over at the end, but these are tools to just sort of mitigate the burnout. Another thing that can cause the burnout when you are in the creative industries is trying to prove that what you were doing is actually work. So sometimes for example so if you're doing stand-up comedy maybe you're only you go out and you would do a 10-minute set so to a lot of people when you tell them you get paid for it they're like geez that's good money for a 10-minute set but no you've had to put all of the hours into the writing and the rehearsing of that and going and doing heaps of free gigs to try and get the material to work so it's good enough to go and perform on a stage with professional comedians and then not only that then the night itself is actually longer because there's preparation that goes into putting your performance together before you do and go and perform. So it's never just going to be 10 minutes, but sometimes people can think like, and this is just comedy as an example. Sometimes people can just think that that's not really a job. Like, ouch. I know for a time there, especially when social media was just sort of getting bigger, like anybody, I have a friend who's a social media manager and she was doing it way before it was even like a legitimate job role. And I say legitimate because I mean like, you know, now you see hundreds and hundreds of social media manager jobs listed but before all that happened, one of my friends was a social media manager and I used to have to watch her try and explain to people that that actually was a job. But people think that just because it's fun or it's creative, that that's not really a job role. And that hurts. And also those people can go and rack off because they think that until they want to use your knowledge or use your skill set for free. And that might be in the sense of like, you know, this happened a lot when I was in filmmaking. People would try and get me to work on projects going, oh, this will look amazing on your CV. And I'm like, dude, I have got so many free things on my CV. Like I have to have another CV to go and get another job to keep putting more free things on this filmmaking CV. At some point in time, I just need to make some money from filmmaking. Or sometimes, you know, you might end up with a meeting with someone who hasn't taken your time seriously and doesn't think that your time is valuable. And then, I mean, this was on me, this example, but, you know, I had someone call me and want my help on one of their scripts that they were doing. And I spent an hour and a half on the phone with them talking about their project, not just the script itself, but I was talking about the entire story, its arc, 
their touring schedule and their stage management. I spoke to them about everything for an hour and a half for absolutely nothing. And then when we got to the next phase of me doing the work for them where they were going to actually have to book me, there was radio silence. Now, yes, that was on me because I should know better than that. And I should, I am working on trying to be, uh, you know, obviously giving as much as I possibly can, but also respecting my work and know when there is a moment where we're kind of crossing that professional boundary. You know, you don't go to a gym and get your five days trial for free and then just keep going there for six months for free. You know what I mean? It's the same thing. But I'm telling you this because I know that I've had to notice it, that you just got to wake up. Like if you were consistently feeling burnt out because, you know, you've got people burning you out at work, you got, you're burning yourself out because you're trying to build up your portfolio, you're burning yourself out because you're giving heaps of your work away for free, you're burning yourself out because you're having too much fun with it. And like, I know it's amazing, but it's just really hedonistic and you've got to think sustainably, like you've got to look after yourself so you can keep doing it. Because you can get to a point like this burnout, which I have experienced so many times, like it's not good. It does feel like a badge of honour. Like I know that. And, you know, it feels kind of cool because then that trauma itself offers another story. Like, oh my God, I was so burnt out that all of my hair fell out. You know what I mean? Like that, that legit happened to me. I was so stressed and burnt out. My hair fell out. But that literally wasn't good. It took me months to get my body back on track with all of like the cortisol that had been just completely sucked out of my body from having too much of a good thing. And I know that like sometimes the other part of this, and I don't know about you, I don't know where you are in your creative career, but then sometimes the sensation of feeling like if you are really well put together and if you are, you know, feeling healthy and good in yourself, then maybe you won't be able to make the same work. Do you know what I mean? Like now this is a really funny story. I remember like this was like, this was a few years ago. Uh, I was going through a moment where I was like really quite depressed and I was talking to my mentor at the time and I was kind of like, but if I end up getting over all of these hangups, what if I'm not as good at making stuff anymore? And as soon as it came out of my mouth, I thought, oh my God, what an absolutely ridiculous concept. But it's true, you know, and and I know that, you know, there's a lot of um, celebrities over the years, which is there's been a similar theme going on, you know, like it's, it's sex, drugs, rock and roll, it's depression, it's these big, like hard stories, which makes you feel like you're creating better work. Because and I read a blog about this recently that, you know, it's quite hard because there's nobody singing out there singing about drinking, you know, your two litres of water a day and having some kale because that's really boring. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of work that's about pain. I mean, that's starting to change. Like um, artists like Lizzo, I don't know where you sit on the spectrum of Lizzo liking, but I love her. She's starting to do other music, which is just really quite positive. But for the most part, like you look at someone like Taylor Swift who makes really great songs, but they're all about breakups. And it's like, well, are you actively seeking breakups so you can write more songs? I've got to say that like it, you know, it can feel like when you're sad and when you're angry, you're making better work because it just naturally comes to you because you've got like this really like fuck it attitude. You know what I mean? You're like, I don't care. I'm just going to make it. I'm going to put it out there. Like, cool. That's great. But also if you want to do this sustainably and if you want to create better work and you want to get more work and you want to have more, you know, uh, followers and people who are loving the stuff that you're making, like to look after yourself is going to give you the opportunity to give more to them. And it also means you'll be able to give them better quality of work. So even, of course, you're still going to have those ups and down moments and they're really great moments to create work. It's very cathartic for yourself to make it and then for other people to consume it. But also, it's also okay to just find a way to be okay and to be content because you're going to end up giving people a lot more quality work or, you know, if you're starting to put the work out there when you are in a better space than when you first wrote it, 
you know, you can you can do that in a more sustainable way for yourself and for them. Like, I don't know about you, but if you, you know, when it's like when you say something when you're angry and then you immediately regret doing it. The same thing can happen if you're creating works when you're really upset and you're really depressed. Like, I'm just saying that you're going to take time for yourself. And it's okay to just experience the thing and then also write about it later. Like, if you are someone who is already in the creative field and you're like, oh, geez, this is really hard. I've got to make the thing. I've got to get out there. I've got to tell the people. It's okay to just experience in it in and of yourself because you're going to remember what it feels like and then you can write from a place of distance still about it and you can feel it, all those experiences from a distance safely instead of like feeling it from the location which then makes it a little bit more uh, vulnerable and real for yourself. And like I'm not saying that you definitely should do this at all times but just for some some people sometimes it's okay to just chill out and experience the feelings before you're trying to make work to give it to people. And I think there's like, you know, that like there's heaps of like angry and sad and depresso work out there. And if you're called to do that, absolutely keep getting on it because we're always going to need it. But also if you're not, it's okay to really just create work from a place of contentness. It's not going to be hippy dippy. It's not going to be boring. It's not going to be naive. It's not going to be toxic positive. It's just going to be nice. Like there's a reason why artists like Lizzo are so popular right now is because people need it. Now, you have been diverting again, but this is all leading back to the burnout, okay? Now, burnout is really bad because not only is burnout just like, does it just like deplete your body, but it also genuinely stops you from being creative. So the whole time that you're pushing, trying to achieve and achieve and achieve and achieve, and then you burn out, then you can't achieve anyway. So then it stops you from actually being creative. And that's like its little toxicity thing that is probably the longest and most uh, sort of nasty profile of it because like you know if you think about it you're just like this little lithium battery and you reach a point where the lithium battery you know it's been in the remote and it's just been pumped every time because we're in lockdown and you had to use the remote because you're binge watching netflix right and it's empty you know what happens once that whole battery is empty it takes so long to charge it it takes so much longer to charge it than if you had have just waited till it was like halfway and then you recharge it now, this is just like a little like an analogy for it. Don't be the battery that gets down to the, the actual end, okay? Don't, be, don't make yourself the car with the petrol light that comes on. You want to get petrol when you're – like if you're going to push it, maybe to just under a quarter, okay? Because then that's better for the car. Like you get more longevity out of the car and you're going to get more longevity out of your own brain and your own body. I know it doesn't help when, um, like, I haven't really spoken much about social media and its relation to burnout, so I will now. Um, like, it's, it's hard not to experience burnout just when you're trying to create your work just from being online, okay? So, like, it's mental. Like, I know I know that we're expected, we're expected to be across, like, multiple platforms at all times, and you're supposed to be showing up constantly. You're supposed to be showing your work, showing who you're with, showing your life, showing that you, you know, that your personal life aligns with your potential customer or your potential audience member your potential colleague, you know, your potential collaborator, your network, trying to show that, you know, you were the person to align with. And that and that's what's expected of us these days because people are following people and not brands. So you have to show your brand, which is you constantly. But like that, that in and of itself is just really exhausting because like, you know, how, how are you not supposed to be tired when you have to have something attached to you, like your phone in your hand and it's expected of you 24-7? You know, you've got to track your sleep. You've got to talk about your sleep. You've got to talk about what you're listening to before you fall asleep. You've got to talk about how your sleep was and how you're trying to look after yourself better. You're trying to do it all the time for someone else. 
And then you're expected to just show up as your best self all the time. You've got to, you've got to be online and showing how amazing your life is and how amazing your work is and how everything that you're doing is really wonderful. And just so you can get people to like notice you and hopefully sponsor you or hopefully buy your book or hopefully come to your shows. And then if it's not that, then you have things like that app that came out. I don't even know if it's popular anymore, but that thing that's called Be Real because, you know, everyone is really feeling really fatigued from trying to be perfect. And then everyone's feeling triggered by everybody else's perfection, thinking that that's real. So they bring out another app to try and be the antithesis to that. We're supposed to be real and it lets you know you're going to take a photo and show exactly who you are, where you are right now, right here. And sure, that can work for some people, but for other people like me, when I thought about it, I was like, that is a great idea. But also, I'm probably just more likely to then make sure that I've put makeup on for the day. Like, it depends on who you are. But, you know, like if I'm tired, I'm going to put concealer on. You know what I mean? And instead of it being like, oh, I'll just be really honest, I'd be like, oh, well, I'd probably just not really want to show myself. I'll, I'll show myself to the people around me maybe, but I'm not going to have to broadcast myself to the greater world when I feel tired and I know that I look tired. So instead of just creating an app for it, we could have just not been on the social media, but that isn't allowed. You know, like that's what's expected of our industries these days. And it doesn't matter what industry you're in. Like I, I was um, recently working on a contract to, uh, you know, look after social media for multiple companies. So I was just like the client manager. I wasn't doing the content. I was just looking after the client itself. But I mean, I had to watch a lot of the creative work that was going to be put onto their social media. And I'm like, literally everyone is expected to do it. Like there was a steel company expected to do it. Like, I don't know how much steel content you're going to be excited to watch on Instagram reels and TikTok. But for me, it's not much, you know, it's just this older guy just trying to keep up with the industry because that is where business is right now. And so like that is exhausting. I know that. So it's exhausting because you're trying to be be perfect. It's exhausting because you're trying to show your imperfection in a way that is digestible and relatable. It is exhausting because if you're not being on there and showing it, then you're going to interact with it and show that, you know, you are still a part of the world in this online medium. And I really take my head off to a lot of people who, like, I've, I've noticed that some people don't have social media at all, which is amazing. But for others, like, that that doesn't exist if you really want to do business these days. Like, for, for me, myself, like, I, I know that I'm not present enough on social media. I know that I need to be doing more. I need to be doing video content. And, I mean, watch out for that because I will start to be doing it. And I'm hopefully going to be doing it in a way that is a lot more sustainable. And I think that that's an important way that we can sort of avoid the burnout in that regard as well. You know, like if you go back and listen to, I think it's like episode two, where I interview uh, Jared Goundry, my partner, about social media, because he's an absolute gun at it. And I'm talking about how I don't really like doing social media. And I have tried to find a way for me to enjoy doing it. And now I have, like I'm working on the process of um, making the content to then put it out. But you know, you've got to do that in a way that is sustainable because without it, this is one of the things which blurs the lines of work and life, you know? Like if you finish work for the day and you go home, but then you got to make some content to put it on, you know, your reels, you got to put it on your social media, that's working. So now you've taken your work at home and now the line is blurred. And then that starts to grow and expand because then you want to be responding to comments. You want to be constant and I was talking I, w- I was talking to my partner about this recently because he's someone who he is on his phone. He's very active on his social media and it's great because it's really worked for him. But I still think that there needs to be a level of uh, sort of boundaries that are put in for yourself. You know, like if you are a business and you are online, doesn't mean that you're not online and you're not online for a great part of the day. But, you know, if you call up, like if you call up your physio, 
right? You call them up between nine to five, they're going to answer. They're going to answer. They're going to be there for you 100% of the time through the hours of nine to five. But from 5 p.m. to 9 a.m., you're not going to hear from them. And you respect that because you're like, yeah, they're closed. It's okay for you if you are creative with your business. It's okay for you to be closed. And those comments, those messages are all still going to be there the next day and you'll get to them then. And then the audiences that are watching you, like I, I know the same thing for the creatives that I follow. I respect their boundaries and I respect them and I respect and I care about the fact that they're taking time for themselves and their personal life to be there so that then when they do come back online, they, they're happy and they're creating works that I know they're happy to share with instead of it being a burden. And then I'm not like a burdensome audience. So if you are someone who's feeling burnt out because of the idea of social media, just put it into a work sense. And remember that, you know, you wouldn't want a client or a fan turning up at your house at 11 p.m. So why would you expect to be writing a message back at them at 11 p.m.? It's okay to leave it and wait. I know we live in a world that is very instantaneous and instantaneous, and we want a lot of gratification immediately, but you don't have to. You do not have to subscribe to it. And the people who follow you will respect that. I recently, there's um, there's someone on social media who I follow who put it out there where she was just like, hey, like, you know, this is kind of more of like a hibernation time for me. I need to go do, you know, all of these projects. I need to take time, some time for myself. So I'm going to be offline for the next three months. I'll see you on the other side. I read that and I love this person's work. And I was like, I really respect that. I admire that. And, you know, if the time comes where I am on social media all the time and, you know, the more that I'm starting to do it as I grow this podcast and as I grow my comedy and my show and everything that I'm doing, the more that I do that, like I know that I would want to then be making sure that I take the time for myself so I don't get burnt out so I can just come back refreshed and revived and inspired to give more work to the people who are listening, to people like you who are listening right now. And I would hope that as a listener, you would respect that I'm doing that, not only for me, but I'm doing it for you. So remember that if you're creating work, the same thing is going to happen for the audiences that are following you because it's the same thing as like having friends. You don't have to be friends with everyone. Not every single person in the world has to be your audience. It has to be your audience. Now, I know all of this is really great in theory, you know, and I know that when you've got like an idea and a dream and, you know, maybe you, your dream or your hobby, it just starts out as a hobby and you're not really thinking anything of it. It's becoming a little bit fun. And then it's such a grow and it's such a change and it comes into, becomes a small little career and you get this taste and then you want more from it and you just want to go for it. Like I'm definitely not saying don't work hard, but I'm saying work sustainably. And this is coming from me that as well, which is, you know, I've worked really hard at the little things that have been my hobbies just because I genuinely wanted to get better at them. I wanted to get better at drawing. I wanted to get better at writing. And then the writing became on a professional sense. The performing became on a, a professional sense. And then I started to go, okay, I can do this. And I found this new fire in myself to go and chase after something. And I'm following the inspiration. But then, you know, reaching points where you just get to total burnout. And it meant that my, my writing skills weren't so good. It meant that my performative skills weren't so good. They weren't bad, but I just knew that I wasn't giving it my all. So then I got angry about it and I gave it more. And I became so burnt out. And that's okay to do if you're going to learn from it. You have to learn how to work with yourself and how to work sustainably so you don't keep burning out because the long-lasting effects of burnout are really not very good. Like I referenced it back before, like being in London, having a really good time and losing my hair. Yeah, like I literally, I lost so much hair. I lost heaps of weight, had these like weird cysts on me and stuff like, and it was all literally stress induced because I had burnout 
and I was pushing through the burnout because I, I've mentioned this in an episode before where I'm really quite stoic in my way of living. And so I just stoicized my way through my burnout and then I hurt my body. And then it literally took me a year and a half to get it back on track. Was that sustainable? No. Did that really offer me anything towards my work? No. Like I had the great moments in there, but I still had to work really hard again on the other side of it. But I had to work sustainably, which is then kind of taken a, almost like a longer process because then I had to be careful with the way that I was distributing my energy. Whereas if I had been careful about the way that I was distributing my energy in the first place, like just being a parent to myself, maybe I could have just had longevity the whole time. And a good way to think about this is if you think about somebody who is a runner, okay? So if you think somebody, I mean, it's different to a sprint. Sprinters, they do it in short periods of time. They give their everything for short periods of time. But if you're going to be a runner and you want to do something, you want to have a long career as opposed to like a short project career, they're not sprinting the whole way. They're distributing their energy evenly along the whole journey. Because the ones that run real fast at the beginning, and you can watch it if you watch, you know, some some more amateur style runners, You'll see them belt forward right at the beginning and they're just giving it their all for 100% of their run. But their 100% of the run, that sprinting energy will only last, you know, maybe like 20% of it. Whereas the runner, I mean, it's kind of like that that old um, fable, isn't it? You know, the is it the race of the, the turtle and the hare? The turtle and the hare? Yeah, the turtle and the hare, you know, where like the slow, slow and steady wins the race. And it annoys me so much because people used to say that to me as a kid because I was always running around like, oh yeah, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that now, I'm going to do, 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 just like endless energy wanting to get stuff done. But I didn't really get everything done. I just got parts of things done, you know? And so slow and steady does really win the race. So if you want to stop having burnout, you've got to do the work. So if we just go back over what we talked about of all the times you can feel it, like you're getting a burnout. You've got clients that are asking you for work. You do the work for them, but you can still respect your own boundaries of when you're giving them their work. The same thing goes for like your audiences. Your audiences can be seated as clients because they're expecting work from you. You can still put in your boundaries of when you do the work. Sometimes those boundaries will be pushed upon and you will have to do a bit of a sprint, but then you're only doing it sprints per project as opposed to a sprint for an entire run. If you're finding burnout because you're trying to make your work perfect, remember that the work is never going to be perfect. This is creativity that we're talking about. We're talking about art. We're talking about inspiration. None of it is perfect because it's all subjective. No matter what you do, somebody's going to say something bad about it. So just stop trying to make it perfect. Stop killing yourself trying to make something that is completely and utterly impossible. If you were burning yourself out because you were doing a job that requires a lot from you and the craft that you're pursuing takes a lot from you, like me with doing events and doing performing. I mean, this is a bit more of a longer one to stop the burnout, but then you're going to have to start thinking about the distribution of your energy. Communicate with your bosses about what you're trying to do. If they're not on board with it, maybe you'll have to try and find another job. But if you can't do that, then you've got to think of a more sustainable way to pursue your craft. Can it be that maybe you're watching more of your craft instead of having to actually specifically do the craft? Because yes, the activity of doing is definitely important to learn, but so is the consumption of other people who are professionals in the, in the craft. It's all about sustainability. If you're getting burnt out because you're having so much of a good thing, you're doing gigs every single night, you're painting every single day and you're getting really tired, you have to be a parent to yourself and you have to give yourself time to just chill out, have a bit of a rest, let yourself build up that excitement to then burst with energy and then do another sprint in your project. Again, you can do sprints on your projects. You don't want to sprint for an entire run. 
If you're getting burnt out because you're trying to build up your creative portfolio or you're trying to prove yourself to clients and prove yourself to a boss, you need to sit back and take some time to build up the respect for yourself because sometimes those clients, like for example, that client that, you know, used up my time for an hour and a half, I've learned from that and now I won't do that anymore because that took so much from me and from my work that day because I had to give them so much of my knowledge, inspiration and my experience that then there wasn't really enough left for me for the rest of the day, which then then meant that I was not only in like an energy negative, I was in a financial negative. So then if that's happening to you, you need to reconsider who you're working with and who you're working for and if you can change that and look after yourself because burnout is not sustainable you can't keep doing it to yourself and you need to remember that burnout is not a badge of honor I've definitely talked about it where I'm like ah cool I did it again just burnout because I did four jobs and I had to go yeah cool you know what's not cool the fact I've done it I can't even count how many times I've done it it's not cool anymore okay it's not cool be sustainable if you're feeling burnt out because social media is taking a lot from you just put some boundaries in. Make the hours that you're going to work. You are a business. Even though you're having fun, you're still a business. So put the hours in of when you're going to do that work and stick to it. And you have to do this. Now you've got to remember because like when people are feeling overwhelmed, the, the burnout will, it, it's because of like a release of stress. Okay. So it means that the hormone cortisol has been triggered, which then makes your fight, flight or a fight response just kind of pick up and kick off which means that you've got like a faster heart rate. Sometimes you've got rapid breathing. Um, you know, it's all your body's stress response. And now you've got to do all of this, okay? Because if you don't, now I did a bit of research on it on like, you know, just the real uh, actual brain responses to what can happen with this sort of prolonged stress, okay? And this, this prolonged stress can cause the hippocampus, a region of the brain that is really important for learning, it causes it, not only learning for like learning and memory, it causes it to shrink, which then can cause like the neurons in the brain to be created less often, which then means that your attention starts to wane. You're not so good at problem solving or making decisions. And that means that you're not productive. So the whole thing that you're working your ass off for, you don't even get to do it in the end anyway. So burnout is literally a waste of time. So in a real sense, if you want to manage the burnout when you're in the actual moment, these are some other tools that you can use to help mitigate the burnout. So set realistic deadlines, not like before when I was talking about clients giving you short deadlines. Like, yes, sometimes that can happen, but again, that's a sprint. In reality, you need to set realistic deadlines. Think about how long it takes you to do projects, allow for yourself to have rests in between and set the project deadline appropriately. Make sure that you take regular breaks. This whole like like was it like just grind this whole grind attitude I've talked about that before waste of time a little bit different to back in the day when we worked on a farm you would just literally just push yourself until you got really tired like you were working your body okay fine but that doesn't really work if you're working online and you're using your brain all of the time because your brain literally it's like when you've used the muscle too much it just becomes weak your brain will do that too and same thing if you're working on screens all the time your eyes become really tired so take breaks if you're on a screen it's 2020 You work for 20 minutes, you stop for 20 seconds looking at something 20 metres away and then you come back. You do that twice and then you have a five-minute break. Or just download Pomodoro, you know, like computer timer apps online that you can set yourself a timer. I generally do it just on my phone. I will set a timer for 20 or 25 minutes 
and then give myself a five minute break three times and then I go into a 15 minute break and then have like a lunch break a little while later. You know what I mean? Just find what works for you, but just look after your eyes if you're on screens all the time. Ask for help or delegate. You don't have to be everything right now. I know that it's very much like an era of the solopreneur, like the entrepreneur who just does everything by themselves, solopreneur. But you don't actually have to do that. Delegate, ask for help. Hire someone else, delegate, just do something. Stop burning yourself out. And then actively make this a project for yourself. Make your work-life balance an actual project. Because not only is it going to like help like your productivity and your creativity itself, but it's going to help your personal life and your relationships as well, which is the whole reason we do anything, right? We work really hard because it's fun. We want to have money and inspiration and joy so then we can go and be fun people with the people that we care about, right? So it's important. So make that as a project itself. And there's all, then there's all the other things like, you know, exercise, drink heaps of water, make sure you're doing time management, eat well, rest well, do mindfulness stuff, set boundaries with, you know, your work and the people in your life who are toxic, you know, do all those things that are really normal stuff that, you know, all the wellness people talk about. Not all, not all of it is just fluff, okay? It is important. So burnout, total waste of time. Find a way to figure out how to not reach burnout yourself and find a way to be sustainable in everything you're trying to create. Because coming from a person who has had burnout just chasing them their whole life, who is actively trying to find ways to not get burnt out these days, yay go me, I call that my little version of maturity. It is a total waste of time and it has wasted heaps of my life being burnt out. So don't let it happen to you when you're trying to be creative, when you're trying to do cool stuff for the world and trying to inspire other people. Don't do it. Take the time for yourself. Take the time for the people around you. Take the time for the genius that is the creative muse that is trying to work through you. Just take some time, rest, and don't burn out. No matter what the world is yelling at you to do and social media is trying to force you to do, listen to yourself, listen to your body, listen to your brain, listen to the muse itself, and just chill the hell out. And on that note, I'm going to go chill out myself. This has been a really big day. And um, I hope that gives you some sense of catharticism in and of itself. All right. Thanks so much for listening, guys. I hope you have gotten something out of it. As always, let me know what you think. Let me know if you've got a resistance that is bothering you. Let me know if there's an artist you want to hear more about or if there is a particular medium you want me to talk about. And I will go and find an artist who does it and I'll investigate. I've got some cool things coming up for you. I've got an artist who is like a theatre maker and director and just absolute like powerhouse of performance so there's heaps coming up please do contact me and let me know what you think and just keep making and remember that being weird is awesome and being normal is really boring thanks for getting weird with me if you like the episode please subscribe and leave a review and if you really like the episode consider signing up to the patreon where you can help me help you you'll get early access uncut episodes bonus episodes and some other cheeky extras that you'll have to check out you can find it at patreon.com forward slash hannah sainty now let's be more creative and less strung out and remember that you're weird because being normal is really boring